Hey, this is Travis with No Legacy. Thank you so much for checking us out. Um, man, if you have time, uh, hit the subscribe button. And uh, if you can give us a rating, that'd be even better. We'd love it. And it helps get the word out. Um, as always, follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Known Legacy Ministries. And uh, you can always check us out on the web at knownlegacy.org. You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now, here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Hey, guys. How you doing? You know, Travis, I got to start off with saying, <laughs> I am so glad that I have a friend like you. Aw. Well, I feel like we're in a Toy Story movie. Yeah. A friend like oh, no, you. got a friend in me. Golly. I just hope you guys out there listening have someone that you can connect with. If you can't, I hope that we're at least a... a uh, faux view of what you have because because we would love to have you around the table and just hanging out with us because uh man guys need each other and i'm grateful for you you are a re-energizer man and so and you know what there's a way you can do that actually we love to come out and speak to men's ministries men's groups men's yeah. retreats men's weekends even date nights um and so if uh if you want to have some time around the table with bill and i and see where that conversation Woo. goes. That'll be Info at knownlegacy.org. Let us know. Hit us up. And we'd love to come out and uh, speak life into the guys that are in your ch- church and your community. Yeah, your guys matter. They they matter not just for, for themselves, but for everyone who comes after them. And that's why we do this, because their legacy matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and as always, we'll start off with some good jokes, which will get the room rolling. Of course rolling. we do. Of course no, we, we do. Won't. No, we won't. Well, I would tell you... <laughs> Travis, why was six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. You knew that one. High five, high five. <laughs> I've done that one to my kids hundreds of times, and they roll their eyes every single time, See, we got which the, just empowers me and encourages me to, to say more, it again. To right. do more. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. actually, it's funny. I was driving with Lily in the car, my daughter, uh, yesterday, and Mondays just suck, getting everybody up and going, especially we had a really long, long weekend, and so... But I, but I get in the car and I'm, and I'm looking through like music because usually I'll put on some like music. Well, I actually forgot that um, that one of the things that I have is uh, is this is like a uh, it's like a laugh track. So it's really funny. It's like this is what it says. So 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 all it is. So you travel around with your own laugh track. Well, I don't know why I had it on my phone, <laughs> but I was like so so she didn't know what was going on, and I was like. So hey, no, Lily. So and, before you go, this is a picture of Bill at home at about noon. He's all by himself, <laughs> and he's telling jokes, and he's just hitting the laugh track because he needed that today. That's pretty awesome. I was like, you know, what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. <laughs> so anyways, we had, uh, yeah, so I was doing this, and she was not exactly in the best mood, and so I just cracked the joke, and she didn't know that it was coming, so I just pressed play, and the whole car's like, ah! <laughs> and then she like she looks at me, and I do it again, and I'm like, Lily, can you tell a joke? She goes, no, so I didn't hit the laugh, and she's like, I don't think you're funny without it. Anyways, make your kids laugh. They're awesome. It's Especially on Monday. The only thing I have against me is making my kids laugh in on Monday morning. That is such a gift that we bring to the family's levity. Yes, yes, very much so, so... Number two, why did dad get <laughs> oh, fired? Oh, there's more. Yes, there's, there's more. more. <laughs> great. great. Did I was hoping we transition out of the dad jokes, but no, I like it. Let's stay. <laughs> Let's keep going. Let's stay. Oh, these are good ones, man. <laughs> I think we need to work on our definition of good, but anyways, we'll keep going. <laughs> there is none good. No, not one. That's, I think, what the scripture says, Travis. So, anyways. Uh, that's, that's Little totally. did we know he was specifically talking about dad jokes. Exactly. They're pretty much. In the Hebrew, that's what it says, Well, obviously. it's in the book of Second Opinions. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I love that one. It's in the book of Second Opinions. 
No, stop it. <laughs> no, you go. Try the veal. I'll be here all week. Um, so why did dad get fired from the calendar factory job? Why? Because he kept taking time off. Stupid. I thought it was really good. Time off? It should be days off. He kept taking days off. Did you read it right? Yeah, he kept taking time. See, I think that's a misprint because days off would be better. Let me try it again. Okay. Let's try it again. <laughs> Why did dad get fired from the calendar factory job? I don't know, Bill. Why did dad get canceled from the calendar <laughs> canceled. job? Canceled. <laughs> you threw that word out there. Because he kept taking days off. <laughs> that was all it's worth. <laughs> anyway. Okay, one more, one more, one more. How do you know that all ants are girls? How do you know all ants are girls? I don't know how, Bill. Because if they were boys, they'd be uncles. And that has it for your (laughs) dad jokes of the day. You know what's amazing? With the analytics we have on our podcast, we can tell exactly when people tune out. And I feel like there's going to be a big, sharp like decline. Just right there. That's it. Moving on to the next podcast. Let's listen about murder mysteries and exactly. everything else and conspiracy exactly. theories. So anyways, hey, got to start your day with some laughing because um, that's pretty much the only thing I've got in my bag. So <laughs> it works. Good looks left me a long time ago. In fact, someone that even argue were never with me. Yeah, I don't know if that bag, if I grabbed that bag <laughs> on the way out, I was like, I don't know if it's there. Just glad my wife is blind. And she loves me. Yes. Yes. Uh, anyways, she signed the paper, so it's there. It's it's the real deal. The so contract is signed, but no. sealed, delivered. <laughs> signed. What's that song? Yeah. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm, I'm yours. That was mm. pretty good. Ah, little Motown in little there. Little rhythm. Little rhythm. All Golly. right. We should probably get to actually what we're talking about today, which yeah. is dads of the Bible. Yep. And uh, we keep digging through it. I love it because the they 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 humanize these guys for us, and they're way more. Uh, relatable than we think they are. Correct. And we forget a lot of times that the, in their stories that these guys are just dudes who weren't like, and there's a story being written about me right now. They, they were just doing life. Right. And all the time, this bigger view of who God was is looking at them. And I think that's the cool thing that, that even in our lives, God is writing our story. It sounds cliche. It can sound so cheesy. You know, you're at like a conference and God's writing my story. And you're like, ha, 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 but he really ha, is, right? You know? Right. I always like that you do that, and then it sounds like Ariel's oh, That's exactly what I'm going for, dude. That's actually a compliment. Thank you very much. It sounds good. I, uh, I've, I've never dressed up like Ariel. I feel like I need to declare that to the world at this point. Yeah, that's but a good I, declaration. I have from times sung Ariel. La, 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 la. Like, I do that to my wife sometimes. La, la, yeah. la, 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 kiss the girl. Yeah. And then don't she runs away. Don't kiss the girl. Right, and then she runs away. And I don't know how to take that, but. That's okay. She's like, you're like, I cry. You're, you're still in the house with me. <laughs> so we're playing hide and seek is what we're doing. Playing hide and seek. We have totally fallen off the rails today, but we're having a good time either no, way. So, so Abraham, we're, we're like stuck in Abraham because there's so many different facets of him and his life. And there's yeah, a lot yeah. of story yeah. that's written about Abraham because obviously he is the father of the Israelite people. He's the father of yes. so much of the, the religious conversation that we have, the Abrahamic faiths, right? You know, you have Islam that, that, takes back to that. You have the Jewish faith that takes back to that. And you have the Christian faith that kind of tacks back to that. And so that's where we're at. And, and, and um, you know, today we're talking about this promise that God had put into Abraham and Sarah's life, right? Yeah. yeah. But his years from the time the promise yeah. was made. And like many of us, when we have a promise made to us, we're like, oh, okay. 
you know, uh, okay, and we expect it to happen more immediately. And when it doesn't happen, we start to fall into a pattern, an unhealthy pattern of, well, maybe God wanted me to do something to make this promise happen. Like maybe yeah. I got to get involved in this because God is God and he's a big God and he's, he can do amazing things, but he needs my help in this one. So let yeah, me figure out how yeah. to help him accomplish the promise that he's made. You know, I think even then they lived in such an agricultural society where they watched plants literally have to grow and they fought you know all the elements like we we, we've talked about this before but we live in this like microwave society literally you can get whatever you want whenever you want it right now I i watched this this one documentary on blockbuster and it was the last blockbuster. And they said, what what our society's missing is that community-based thing. It said, it's so different that you can go and just download it right now. It's on your it's on your phone. You don't have to, you don't you don't have to leave your pajamas to get the newest movie anymore. You just buy the premiere. You're access. assuming I have to put on pajamas first. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> but there's this this immediate like there's no fight for something. There's no drive to. To, to have to go get somewhere, like to get in the, remember those Friday nights you'd get in the car yes. and you're all excited and, and your, your parents like, you can get one movie or two movies and then yes. you have to like barter and you're like, okay, well if you get this movie, I'll watch this movie. Yes. Even, even with like your like girlfriend and you were, you're like, okay, I'm going to, okay, I'll watch one of yours if you watch one of mine kind of thing and you kind of walk through that and I think there's, there's we've, we've lost that even in that degree but in here he's even talking about, he understood the idea of waiting. And it took years. And Eldering, he's like, I know God had this promise for me. I just, right. maybe I need to do something. You know, like kind of like the thumbs are twirling around. You're like waiting like, do-do-do-do-do. So God said I'm going to be the father of many nations, but I don't have a kid yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have prosperity around me. I have tons of manservants and yeah. I have maidservants. And in fact, so good that my wife has a maidservant that hangs out and takes care of a bunch of things and helps yeah. her out. And so I know her and I know her well. And, and, uh, but man, he said I was going to have kids and, and we're well past that time. So obviously he needs my help. Exactly. And that's where his, <coughs> excuse me, frog in your throat. Sorry about that. That's where his wife shows up. Yeah, and so she then and relives what happens with Adam and Eve. It's like this cyclical thing that constantly shows up over and over again. Yeah, and she suggests a potential solution, and he, rather than be driven by his own character and his own understanding, he submits to dangerous word there. I understand to a, a earthly solution mm-hmm. to uh, a promise that God has made. Yeah, and, and I think he does the same thing that every other guy does when they're in like a dating relationship, essentially, where it's like, okay, um, and you're, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night, and for some reason you haven't set any kind of like, you know, boundaries with your with your girlfriend. It's like, okay, as far as you want to go is as far as I'll go. Does it make sense? Dude, guys do that all the time. They'll yeah, go as yeah. far as a girl will go. Instead of being a, a Galatians 5 guy that says, no, I'm going to treat you with absolute purity as if you're my sister, they don't do that. Guys will go as far as the woman will let them, which yeah. is absolutely backwards. We should be the ones that are drying yes. and declaring, no, I cherish you and I honor you, and so this is as far as I will go. Yeah, we need to set those boundaries, and it's not because there's nothing in this that indicates that women are dumb. Let's be honest. Me and Travis, Travis, I've met your wife. She's the genius. Brilliant. As, as is mine. And strong. Yes. Strong. So this is nothing about women's ability to, to, to make those decisions. It is God has cast this on us as the leaders to say, you need to help make, you need to make these decisions. And it's not because of the incapability of our spouses. It's because that's what God designed. Right. He said, you need to be the head of the household. Now as the head of the household, you make those decisions together with your spouse because she has so much wisdom and you go, okay, God, I'm going to be the representative of my family and I'm going to hand this out. Well, that starts with you making those decisions long before. And Abraham somewhere in this moment, 
forgot to do that. Now, again, he ends up redeeming himself later on, but... God this, redeems him. He yes, doesn't redeem correct, himself. Correct. God that, that is a good him. point. That is a good point. I said that wrong. But at this moment, we're talking about it because this is so susceptible to every guy that I know, is that they don't set the boundary, and at this moment, he didn't. And so when she said, I'd like you to go sleep with Hagar, and he was like, okay. <laughs> And then just yeah. and she, she's probably going. I thought he'd argue about that more exactly. than he did. Why, exactly. Why did he agree to that so quickly? Yes, like, exactly. Like her name's Hagar. Like, isn't there a ton of red flags about isn't that there name? Anything like, going on here? Like the first part of her name is Hag. Why would you want to commit? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, everybody. And so yeah, so he does that, makes a mistake, and there and ergo, uh, it, Ishmael is born. Right. And and and, and again, you, you think about it, and it makes human sense. Because there's this promise and there's a solution that's there and it's it's a worldly solution, you know, just it's no big deal. Just sleep with my maidservant, we'll have a kid, we'll adopt it as our own and it's good to go. The problem is is that we're human beings and immediately what starts to happen? Division. Yeah. Division, division. Because yeah. now the maidservant that was the closest friend to, to Sarah is now the enemy. Yeah. Because jealousy begins to take root. Yeah. And um you know, uh, just all of those. She starts teasing her, doesn't she? Yeah. She starts treating her horrible, horrible, to the point where Hagar actually takes her son and just leaves because it's so bad, it's so toxic, it just left. And and, and that's one of the things that, you know, there's unintended consequences to some of the decisions we make, particularly yeah. when we step into our own solutions rather than waiting on the Lord to present a solution. And yeah. that's where the story continues yeah. to unfold over and over again. When you wait on the Lord, it may not happen in the time you want or the time you understand or the time you even think it can happen. But if God's made the promise, he will see it through. And if you don't wait on him, be ready for the unintended consequences of what might happen. Yeah. So see, awesome rule, because then, then we fast forward and we move up to when he said, okay, God, I, I screwed this up really, really bad. And then Sarah gets pregnant and Sarah has a baby and it is Isaac. And then he goes up and we, we talked about this a little bit last time, but, but he goes up and, and God says, I need you to sacrifice your kid. Essentially. Like, I need you to find out I I need to know if, if, if you trust me over trusting anything else. Now, that sounds insane when you take this into the context of what God had planned to do with this nation and, these, and this family. He needed to know that Abraham put him first. So it wasn't that God was like, okay, um, I just need you to kill this kid. It was, it was a trust issue. So I love how God then, uh, how, how, how Abraham, uh, you know, is there on, you know, he's, re, he's, he's there on the altar. He's like, he's ready to sacrifice his son. But at the same time, as I switched the script, Isaac had to, play a part of this Isaac was faithful enough to sit there and trust his dad and get on the altar and let his dad bind him up like you knew he knew something was going on hang on hang on let me just bind up your hands let me bind up your feet hang on can I just rest you on this altar dad what are you doing with that knife dad what are you doing what are you doing wait wait stop 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 sorry. and looking at his son's eyes tears in both of their eyes as he's raising that raising that knife and then this angel said stop you've been faithful that is a lot of pressure on your son like, talk about a faithful kid who, who, who learned to trust God in the midst of his dad trusting God. And I just thought that was pretty powerful and pretty amazing. Isaac saw the faithfulness of his dad. He trusted God. He, he knew that his dad made some mistakes. I can guarantee his dad sat down and shared stories of, of hey, these are things you don't want to do. You want to trust God. You don't want to. You, you you don't want to do your own thing in your own way in your own timing. There had to be a lesson that he shared 
with Isaac in the midst of all this craziness. Because right. here, here they went. He saw firsthand. He was the firsthand example of sacrifice in the eyes of his dad. And so, so, so as you see this, you see this, you see this, the, the, this kind of relationship built. And then Isaac goes on to trust and say, Hey, he, then I'm going to fast forward through, through Isaac a little bit because, because some of that is just the, 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 the pursuit of finding his spouse. And, uh, and so, so it finds her. And then eventually they have two sons. And so, and so the promise that's been put on by, by Isaac is here. Let's, let's, let's look at Genesis 25, just to get some context. 25 verse 19. I'll read these really quick. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son, Abraham fathered Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebecca. That's the girl he was pursuing after. So we're kind of jumping forward a little bit because I want to get to his parenting side of it. The daughter of Bethuel, of, of, of Aramean, of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his, his prayer. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Their children struggled together within her, and he said, If it is thus, why has this happened to me? So she went to inquire the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So there's still this constant striving, and I love it because in that little bit, Isaac learned so much from his dad. His right. dad prayed for a child. Right. Isaac's like, my wife is barren. Hmm, where is this story from? Right. Oh, my mom. God, can you open my wife's womb? Now, I'm just going to say this with, there's people that are listening who, who are unable to have children. This doesn't mean that your faith is void. This doesn't mean that you've done something wrong even. Right, right. This is just the journey in which these guys were on, that their prayers were heard by God. God still hears your prayers, and he has a great story for you. Because you're not dead yet, your story still is in motion. So don't give up on seeking the Father with what he's called you. I love it. I love it. And I love the fact that, you know, there's a lot of tension that we have in teaching the Bible with Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice that he takes him to the to to the hill and he's about to to sacrifice him, right? Yeah. But again, I've always looked at that from the the view of the the obedience of Abraham and how did Abraham get to that point? But I think what you're talking about is it's also something for Isaac because he saw his dad learn through trial and error yeah. what it is to hear from God and then to obey him. Right. And to follow through on even the most obnoxious calling of God to say, God, I trust you in this. Yeah. I've tried it my own way. It didn't work. This doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm going to trust you because I've learned how to hear your voice. So, yes, we will journey to the top of the hill. And if you are calling me to sacrifice my son, you can still provide a way for your promise to be true. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And then Isaac is able to take that same trust. And even though he's not perfect and he still makes his mistakes, right? Yep, yep. He still follows and he's like, I know what it is because my dad in success and failures learned what it was to follow God. Yeah. And trust in his promises. Yeah. And so there's, so that's the thing. It's not all bad and it's not all good. And I think those are the teaching moments that we have to remember is even in our own journeys, it's not a matter of, oh, I did everything right for 38 years and, and all, you know, and, and God therefore blessed it. It is awesome to do the right thing. God does require, he does value obedience over sacrifice every day for us to follow after him. But in the midst of that crazy stuff, you do see a couple of things. At least I see a couple of things in, in Isaac's parenting that kind of came through. As I was, I was looking at this, it was interesting because these two brothers, if you look into the story, I'm going to challenge you to read the story in Genesis 25 and 26 and begin to kind of see, see the story. But there must have been 
and I'm, I feel like I'm kind of doing kind of like the chosen thing where the outside the story kind of element comes in. There was a break in these brothers where dad spent a lot more time with one of them. Yes. And so I think that's that's the, the interesting thing that, that, that Jacob was called, his name meant deceiver. And so you're like, so, so, so in this, in this birthright, he was, he was already kind of said that he was going to be stronger and that the, the, the older was going to serve, serve the younger. And there's a few times where Jacob tricks him. Well, there's a character trait in there. Mom in the story, mom really geared toward Jacob. Oh, big time. You know, and, 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 and it's not a matter of being a mama's boy. It's a matter of dad, are you speaking life to the kids that you don't know how to connect with? Right. Are you speaking that life? I had a friend of mine. Who uh, who who struggled with with uh, same sex attraction, and I'll say on here, and and he he actually he remembers when his father kind of rejected his masculinity, mm. and it wasn't because his dad hated him; it's because his dad didn't know how to have the conversation with him. Mm-hmm. He didn't look at him and say, "Because you're a boy, you are masculine," and if you like to cook, or if you like to draw, or if you like to sing. You are, you are a man who likes to do those things. There is masculinity in that. Right. There's femininity in everything, too. And so it's, it's more of us pulling out the ma- as a father to say, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased, just like Jesus was told. When he came up from the water and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Are we dads, are we looking at each child and saying, you are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased? Right. Are you saying that to them <clears throat> in whatever they do? Are we trying to make them like us? Are we trying to help them understand who they are as a child of God in their own right? Right. Because you see David, again, you know, David is this man of man, right? And yet he was this amazing musician. He was this awesome poet. Things that we tend to not necessarily ascribe to the masculine side. And yet he was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. You know, now was he also a warrior? Absolutely. And so I think what you're saying is whatever characteristics or whatever your son or daughter is, is, is pulled towards, celebrate it. And don't negate the reality of, of, of their true calling in yeah, God yeah, and yeah, their yeah. heart. Because God needs them where they are, in the character that they are, in the place they are on purpose. And if you try to devalue that because they don't fit your mold of what they should be, shame on us. Shame on you, shame on me. Right. We need to direct our children towards what God is telling them to do. God, so, so, hey, you want to be... I mean, let's be honest. It's so funny how we do this stuff. We take domestic, generally, us, you know, old school man, you know, we take domestic things a lot of times and we say, that's feminine and this is masculine. We don't acknowledge, wow, you're learning how to do this so you can be a better husband for your spouse. Right. When she's worked a, you know, a 12-hour day and you come home and it's cooked and it's amazing. Or you know how to do the laundry. You know how to do the, I mean, again, I'm being very like, you know. Uh, uh, one traditional roles yeah, yeah, within very, our very culture. traditional role. And so, so, but we, we tend to say, okay, well, you like to, you, you know, you're more sensitive. There's only, only two, 2% of, of males are essentially sensitive and the 98% are rough and tumble, which means that generally there's going to be boys who want to wrestle with each other, throw the ball around. But you're, you, you may have a boy who does not want to do that, who wants to listen to music, who wants to, to, to read books or who wants to, to just be calm while your other sons are wrestling. That doesn't negate him being a boy. You need to, you need to engage that masculinity of that. Right. The mind, the thought. You think about all the all the amazing scholars of our day who were who were amazing thinkers. A lot of them were not football players. Right. And that's okay. And so 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 it, it it's engaging them in the idea that you're a boy and what you're doing is masculine because you're a man and this this world needs you to be that. Right. Because there are actually less of you. And so there's something in that, that in the midst of this, that when, that when Isaac had his, had his sons, 
and I'm, I'm not just throwing that on them, but you can see a pattern. There was a dis, there was a disconnect in these two, and you go all the way through the story to where Isaac blesses Jacob, and he's like, "Oh wait, like let me fill your arms." Like, like yes, you're the firstborn. But even, but even, even before that, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. But when when Esau sold sold his birthright, something wasn't passed to him to go. This is important, right? To the point when he came in and he's like, "I'm hungry." He wanted to. He, he wanted immediate gratification rather than holding up for the long term promise, yeah. right? Which is something we can all fall prey to. I want the immediate gratification, and uh, even though there's a long term promise of whatever that might be, uh, I just want it now. And that's what he did. He was driven by hunger. And he's like, "I'm hungry now." Exactly. I just want that bean soup now. The immediate over the over the eternal, essentially. Right. right. And so, so how are we ch- are we helping our kids to see the immediate is is less valuable than the who they're going to become? Right. So to not give up these things, the immediate things, to to look towards the future of hey, you're made for this. So don't let anything deter you from that that point. Yep. And if something does, you say no to it. And isn't that the story of uh, uh, Abraham, and and the promise of God? The immediate was sleep with Hagar. The yeah. long term promise was, I promise this to you and your wife. Trust me, I'll bring it to fruition. Um, so, man, maybe if, if there's nothing else that our culture needs to know and our children need to know is delayed gratification. And, uh, you know, I remember saving up money weeks, 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 months and years even to buy things on the, in the store. I remember the crazy thing called layaway. You know, that was delayed gratification. Now it's yeah. credit and yeah. I can buy it now and just pay it off over the next 10 years and, and tack on a few hundred extra bucks for that $10 yeah. pair of shoes I wanted. It is something, yeah. That you bring up a good point. I remember Kmart layaway, and you're like, yes. You would start in like in like August, and you're like, okay, I want that. And it would take you three months, and you'd go down and you put your three dollars on it. And yep. once you paid off, it wasn't like you even had a time limit. You could have it there forever, but it's like I want this. And so three, four, eight dollars, ten dollars, you go down and you put it off, like, <gasps> and then then it's yours, and you finally got to touch it, and it's like, wow, there's there's ownership to this. Whereas now. It's empty. So my uh, so something that's huge down here right now are these stupid sunglasses called Pit Vipers. Are you familiar with them? They look no. like circa 1990 Oakleys. Okay, really, like the the obnoxious kind of colored lenses. They're they're all the rage down here. Anyways, Pit Vipers. If you want to look it up, and my daughter wanted a pair, and uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, well, you got money in your bank account. You want it? She goes, yeah. So she went out and bought it. 160 bucks or 140 bucks for a pair of sunglasses, which, you know, it is what it is, right? But she got them and she was so happy. And I'm like, you know, the best feeling is you're not paying for those still. You have them. They're yours. There's no like credit. There's no like paying extra. You're seeing them right you said now, aren't 1990. You? I'm thinking 1986 or something. <laughs> yeah, probably 1986. Wow. Oh, yeah. Are. So she got a pair. My son has a pair now and they paid for it themselves. And they are so happy and joyous about these sunglasses that they've invested in because they've saved up money. And when the time was right, they pawed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's I them. feel like I'm watching like people play play volleyball right now with those things. That's what it feels like a, to be like a volleyball <laughs> match. And like, oh, my gosh. But anyways, fighting against um, instant gratification, I think, is something that we can press into the hearts of our kids. And it's stories throughout Scripture about immediate Gratification versus delayed gratification. David felt that, you know. Um, even the uh, disciples with Jesus felt that, oh, you're going to come into your kingdom now? You're going to be yeah, the ruler yeah, yeah. now? Now? Is yeah. it now, Jesus? I want to be your right hand when you when you kick out the Romans. And Jesus is like, you, you guys have no idea what's going on. It's not about an immediate regime change. It is about an eternal impact on your soul. And so speaking that into our kids... And engaging each person and helping them understand the value of 
waiting on God's timing yeah. is huge. So I think maybe that's it today is for us to talk about, guys, what are we doing to engage the hearts of our kids, whoever they are, and remind them of the value of trusting in God and his timing? Yep. I mean, I even need this right now. I think there's a lot of things in our own lives that we're like, God, I just want you to work right now. And he's like, I am making this good in my time. Yep. God will come. What is it? Uh, Philippians 1.6. Is that it? He he yeah, he works out all uh, things for his his glory. Anyways, he will, he will complete the work that he started in you. I think it's Philippians yeah. one six. And so this idea of yeah, he is he he's gonna do it. If he said he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it. And I think right. Abraham caught that eventually and said, okay, God, I trust you. So I'm willing to put my son on the altar because your timing is perfect. And and Father, if I, I truly believe that he was like, well, if I kill him, you're going to raise him back. Uh, if I don't, you're going to give me another one, and it's going to be even better. Trusting in there, Isaac, kind of that thing where he 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 prayed and asked for 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 his wife to have a baby. They had him, and just this idea of of waiting and trusting and going, God, I trust in your timing. And so when we don't when we don't engage the hearts of our kids, when we don't share that with them, the adverse reaction is we become selfish. They become self centered. They want what they want now when they want it. So, so one of the great tools, practical tools that you can incorporate in your family is this. Most of our prayers are immediate gratification prayers. If we think about it, someone's sick, we want to pray for it and the healing now, right? Yeah. Begin a prayer journal that you guys will keep on your dining room table. And in that prayer journal, just don't have the immediate things, but talk about the things on the horizon. What are your dreams that your kids have? And how do you start praying for them right now? What about spouses? Mm. Whether your kids too or the kids not even born yet. Are you praying for your kids' spouses? Start to put those in the journal. And the reason why it's important to write them in the journal is because then you can go back years yeah, and say, man, we've been praying for that. And God is faithful because he followed through. But often we don't write down those prayers and we don't have that catalog. And so we pray about it. We forget about it. And then God answers it. And we don't even put the two together. Yeah. So, man, maybe that's your practical uh, challenge this week is to, to buy a little journal, put it on the dining room table and start to collect the prayers, not just the immediate ones of health and well-being for people that you know and you love, but also for the long term horizon things yeah. that your kids yeah. are passionate about. Absolutely. Great stuff, Travis. Thanks for thank, dude, I'm so glad that we got to do this today again. I love doing life with you, buddy. Ditto. For those of you out there, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to do life with you. So give us a holler. Email us at info at knownlegacy.org. Uh, connect with us online at social media uh, under uh, Instagram and Facebook. Just look up Known Legacy, and uh, we are there as well. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to come to your church and be, be a part of what we're doing. But we'd also more just love to help you understand more of who you are as a child of God. That's why we do this, because you are made for more, and so is your family. Guys, thanks for this week. You have a great day. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info@knownlegacy.org. At